About 10 years ago, when I was in the beginning blogging stages, I stumbled on this gal's blog, and from day one, I was hooked. The girl's writing style was warm, humorous, and it made me belly laugh. I bought her books, which I read at night because that's when I read, and pretty soon got on husband's nerves because I kept him awake with my laughter. Many online entrepreneurs get their start blogging, and eventually it evolves into something else, writing books, speaking, podcasting. (laughs) This is what happened to Sophie. I know you're going to be encouraged today as we chat about how to build trust with your Instagram followers. Sophie shares how she personally uses Instagram and her most favorite thing about the platform, where she drives traffic for business her thoughts on controversy and when to speak your mind, plus her top two recommendations to make people take notice of your content. And of course, we're going to chat about her recent book, Stand All the Way Up, and why she wrote it. Hint, it has something to do with our stage of life. And by our, I mean 50-something women who love Jesus and are ready to make the most of the second half of life. Now, okay, if you're not 50, trust me, you will be there someday and you will love this lady's wisdom and gain so much from today's episode. Sophie Hudson loves to laugh more than just about anything. She began writing her blog, BooMama.net, in November 2005, and much to her surprise, she stuck with it. Sophie hopes that through her stories, women find encouragement and hope in the everyday, joy-filled moments of life. In addition to her blog, Sophie speaks regularly to groups across the country and co-hosts the podcast, The Big Boo Cast. A graduate of Mississippi State University and the author of four books and a devotional, Sophie loves cheering like crazy at college football games and watching entire seasons of TV shows in record time. She lives with her husband and son in Birmingham, Alabama. And now, here's Sophie. Welcome to Authentic Online Marketing with Ruthie Gray. Growing awareness for your blog, podcast, book, or product involves more than dancing to reels and yelling, buy my thing. This show models quality over clamor so you can put your spin on your message and market in a way that feels authentic to you because nobody wants to sound like an infomercial. And now, here's your host, Ruthie Gray. Welcome back to the show, everybody. You are in for a treat today. Christian author, speaker, podcaster, Sophie Hudson is in the house. (laughs) Hey, Ruthie. It's good to be with you. It's so great to have you, Sophie. I just appreciate so much you're taking the time to be with us today. A lot of my followers are really excited to hear from you. That's so kind. Yeah, they are. They've read your books and they are up on all the stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to pick your brain a little bit about Instagram. But first, I want to just say, I just want to mention a couple of my favorite books. Um, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have to. I have to. I have to. Um, All right. Like a little salty to cut the sweet. Yes. That one, chapter nine, specifically about the whole wedding scene. Oh, my word. Yeah, that was that was real life. It was I was thinking about the other day, just on a day when it was really hot. And I thought it's still not as hot as that day. Like that day was epic. It was so 
brutal and and also so fun. But I, there's never been heat like that in my in my life that I've I've been present for at least. Yeah, just the whole picture of like the some of the choir members just fainting oh, and yes, people <laughs> people were sick from the heat. But the couple that I talk about in that chapter actually just had their second child. Just and it was such a beautiful day. And it's so fun to look back on those pictures because, you know, it's one of the few times I have pictures with our son and all his cousins on that side of the family. And I don't know, it was just a great day, really sweet in unexpected ways, even in the midst of the, like, the sun was a laser that day, but still (laughs) a really sweet day. Y'all have to, y'all have to read that book, A Little Salty to Cut the Sweet, especially chapter nine, uh, especially if you just want a, just a lift to your day and to your spirits. It's amazing. Giddy Up Eunice, Home is Where My People Are, and then recently, Stand All the Way Up. Yes. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, oh, good. Uh, okay. okay. Yes. Yes, for sure. So I've noticed, though, now you've been blogging since 2005, right? Right. And I really haven't blogged much in the last four or five years. I I think when I started to write books, it was kind of like, well, I can use the words in a blog post or I can use the words and see maybe maybe if it's part of a chapter. And just naturally, I started sort of saving stories for books. So ever since I started to write books, I haven't blogged quite as much. Really, not at all, except for I can think of just a couple of times the last four or five years. But I still mm-hmm. I still use the blog, even if I don't write blog posts. Yes. Yeah, that's my question. I noticed that now that's where you house the podcast. It is. And that's really just because I, I don't know, you know, a podcast with my friend Melanie, who has a blog called Big Mama. And we just, when we started the podcast, we didn't know what to do with it. Like we didn't know how to tell people about it. <laughs> Unless we put it on our blogs. And so just out of habit now, I don't know that many people go to my blog to get the podcast, but it's a good place for me to have, like if people are looking for show notes or something like that, it's just a good sort of home base for both of us. So we still post those episodes on the blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did with mine is when I transitioned into podcasting, I was like, well, it needs to be somewhere. Why don't And we've talked about, you know, if we wanted like a podcast website, but, you know, Melanie and I just, we're, we're pretty breezy. And we were just like, why do we want to build something new? Like we both got Mm -hmm. something, it works. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if down the road, we might have some kind of podcast website, but I don't know really why we would, you know, (laughs) it's just, it's, it works fine. It works. Um, That's something that I covered in um, a recent episode was just, you know, when you're doing a pivot or you need to do something, why not use what you already have? You know, right. Yeah. And and be the place where people are used to finding you. Because Mm -hmm. I think all the time, if we were to, if we were to do some kind of website at this point for the podcast, which is 14 years old at this point, I mean, that Mm -hmm. would really require some People are just used to what they're used to. So why do we want to have to kind of retrain ourselves and mm-hmm. and have our listeners have to do something different when when this works just fine? So we're exactly. just going to stick with it for the time being. Yeah, I love that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you've transitioned into. So you you blogged and then you transitioned into writing and transitioned into podcasting. So you're also a speaker. Have Is that speaking something you've always wanted to do or no. that just 
<laughs> okay. I would say when I started the blog, I knew, and that was back in 2005, I, I like had this deep sense of knowing that it was something that I was I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. not because there was anything after it, but because I loved it so much. Like I loved the daily writing. And then eventually I loved the the community that kind of came with that. And then, you know, I met my friend Melanie through the blog. So many relationships that I've had now for the last 10 or 15 years have come out of that blog, but that was it for me. I, I didn't, I didn't know what a podcast was when I started it. I certainly never thought that I would speak anywhere. And I was really determined that I would not write books. So everything that has come out of that has really been a surprise to me, honestly, Ruthie. Like I, um, the podcast we started because my husband would hear Melanie and me talk on the phone and said one day when I hung up, he was like, y'all should record a podcast. Cause he was a, a real early adopter mm-hmm. of podcasts. And he was like, you know, people might like to listen to y'all just talk about the everyday stuff and laugh. And so we did. And um, it took us a long time to really get momentum with that because we neither one of us could accept that it was something that was really a legitimate thing for us to do. And then the first book was just because I had an idea for one that hit me out of nowhere that I couldn't shape, but I only did something with it because Melanie convinced me to. Like I, I've just never really had a lot of goals. And I don't say that to... <laughs> To sound like I'm apathetic because I'm not like I'm so happy to walk through whatever doors the Lord opens. But I've I've certainly I don't I, I can't think of a time when I've tried to kick one down. Like I just have mm-hmm. kind of tried to be open to whatever possibility is in front. So the reason why I speak is just because at some point somebody asked me if I'd come speak, because apparently that's something that happens when you write books. <laughs> People decide that you can speak. So uh, but I had been an English teacher for so long at that point that I was really comfortable in front of people because I've been in front of teenagers, you know, for 15 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. So it just all has kind of worked together. You know, I, I, the whole book writing thing was not as intimidating maybe as it could have been because I was the yearbook sponsor at school. So, so I'd done yearbooks, you know, it's just weird yeah. how things sort of dovetail and fit together and, you kind of get prepared for things without knowing you're being prepared. You're just doing the next thing you think you're supposed to do. Right, right. Do the next thing, whatever is right in front of you. It may not yeah. have been your original idea, but you know, in your heart of hearts, when the Lord is like, go ye forth and go do this and go speak yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a piece, I think, that's come on this side of things, just from knowing I, I don't think I forced anything. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there's just been some peace in knowing that to a certain extent, I have not been responsible for whatever these things, you know, that, that I've done that Melanie's done. We've really just done them because they were fun and we enjoyed them. And it was a great Mm -hmm. way to be creative and a great Mm way to, to hopefully give people a little time to pause and laugh and think in the middle of some really busy days. Yes. That's exactly what you do. Your Instagram bio reads, I write, I speak, I watch the TV. Yes, <laughs> and, I do. <laughs> and and you're also your tagline for your blog, read by tens. Yes. Uh, read by tens. <laughs> that, that was really accurate for a long time. You know, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I love everyday life. I love mm-hmm. the ordinary stuff. I love just the only thing I feel like, you know, I have have ever known to do 
is just um, be me. So, Mm -hmm. so what do I do in real life? I mean, I do write and I do speak, but I I do also watch a lot of TV and it it felt, (laughs) it felt like a good, a good way to write an Instagram bio. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it shows really who Sophie is really. It, It shows that you have a giant sense of humor and you don't really take yourself too seriously. No. So, so knowing that, and I love it. I love it. Your your books make me laugh. And as I shared with you before, I have picked them up, especially in times of grief or, or darker times. I'll pick them back up because I just need a nice little laugh before I go to sleep at night. That's really sweet. Thank you. Yes, it's true. So knowing that you don't take things super seriously, how are you using Instagram then to drive traffic and where are you driving it? So social media, Instagram in particular, I think has been become a really good way. Just when you need to let people know you've got something going on, it's a good way to do that, whether that's through a post on your feed or through stories. So one thing that Melanie and I have found is that when we have a new podcast episode, a really good way to get the word out about that is to put something in our stories. It doesn't have to be in a primary post on our feed. Mm -hmm. But just something that's a little like, hey, here's a heads up. Here's a new podcast episode. So a lot of times we're using Instagram to to as a reminder almost that pops up that reminds people that there is a podcast episode. And then in with the book writing stuff, Instagram has been so great in terms of keeping posts in the main feed that remind people, hey, I wrote a book you know, (laughs) or I have a new book coming up. And so that's, that's typically, I think when, when I'm not posting about something silly, which is what I usually post about, to be honest. (laughs) Um, So, because I really like the relational side of Instagram. I like the real, the peaks into real life. And I know Mm -hmm. people say sometimes that that some of that feels manufactured or whatever, but I I think, you know, you can, you can find whatever you're looking for. So I tend to follow people who post a lot of, you know, stuff about just real life, life with their Mm -hmm. kids, life with their Mm -hmm. families. And so if I'm going to use Instagram in a more businessy way, it's going to be for the podcast. It's going to be for books generally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I so agree with you. I feel like Instagram can be such a relational tool. 100%. Yeah. I mean, people develop that trust with you. They feel like they know you when you just share parts of your day, like taking Hazel for a walk, you know, and uh, just different things like that, that are just real life things. And then interspersing them with maybe the ads for what you talked about on the podcast, like your Amazon links and things like that. Yeah. Sometimes we do like Melanie does her fashion Friday. She'll put links up on Instagram. I typically just put up stuff I really like for whatever reason. Like a lot of times it might be something that I mentioned on the podcast, but but mostly if I put up a link to something on Amazon, like let's say a new kind of granola, I like at Target or something like that. It's just because I think, oh, I mentioned this this granola. I'm going to, I'm going to put up a link to it oh, or, oh, this shirt just came in. I really like it. I'm going to, I'm going to put it up on Instagram. So yeah. a lot of times I wish I could say there was a lot of forethought about that with me, but there's not. So it's not something I do every day. It's not something I, it's not something that I plan. It really is just, Hey, this thing from Amazon was good. Somebody might like it. So yeah. 
Yeah. So then that way, people aren't thinking, oh, there's Sophie again. She's being salesy. You're actually <laughs> truly sharing yeah. things you love. I am. I only share like. things if I really love them. I mean, yeah. that, that's sort of my, that that's sort of our thing. You know, Melanie and I do a thing on the podcast every week where we do our five favorites and we take turns. One week I talk about my five favorites. The next week she talks about hers. And we really only talk about things we love, things we have, you know, purchased, experienced, read, watched, whatever. But I think that's that's part of, for me, what makes Instagram fun is the, the ability to get somebody's really, it doesn't have to be spontaneous, but just somebody's unfiltered opinion about something that they've enjoyed or sometimes even something they didn't enjoy. But I feel like I have discovered so many great authors and books and occasionally even moisturizers through <laughs> what somebody has shared on their social media. So I love to yeah. read that kind of stuff. So occasionally I like to post that kind of stuff. Yes. And I think it goes with the theme of this podcast, Authentic Online Marketing. We need to really be sure that we believe in the product if we're going to share a product. Don't just yeah. sign up to be an affiliate. Just, oh, I can make two bucks on this off of Amazon or something. Right. Let's let's be authentic about it because people can smell that a mile away if you're not. You don't want to feel like you have just like happened upon somebody's sales pitch every day. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's it's just part of building trust with the people that you follow and the people who follow you. It's just like in friendship, you know, if if our come going to coffee every time with you trying to sell you something, eventually you not really want to go to coffee with me. Exactly. So there's just a, there's a balance in there, I think. Exactly. I feel like Instagram is a lot about relationships. You know, they've just, the platform is kind of designed that way. So for sure. Anyway, all that aside, let's talk about your recent book, Stand All the Way Up. And let's talk about some wisdom nuggets. So uh, here's some common ground between you and I, Sophie. We're both in our 50s. Right. And largely my audience is too. Either that okay. or they're old souls. They know, they just, they call themselves that or they right, hate right. social media, but they know they need to be on Instagram. But as a 50 year old, 50 something year old, one of your quotes in your book that I pulled was, I am almost 50 years old at that time. I right. am all the way done with enabling. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I am. So like we middle-aged moms, we've reached, uh, we're, we're over half of our lives, probably, you know, sure. that we've already lived and we're ready to like my, my people, they're ready to um, be bold and they don't mm. want to play small and they want to speak up. They want to be a voice for their product or their podcast or, or whatever it is, the cause that they are on Instagram for that, but they want to be authentic and right. So one of the things that you say is that we're not going to change people's minds by yelling on social nope. media. We're not. So how do you suggest we do this when social media build our voice and our authority? How can you we spread our opinions with grace? Right. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know that it's all that different than it was when everybody was starting to blog back in the early 2000s, you know, because I remember back then thinking that that one of the, the important things 
in terms of kind of making the blog feel like a safe place for people was to one post consistently. I think that's important on Instagram too. I think Mm -hmm. to, so people get an idea of who you are, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's just, it's so much easier to trust someone's voice in a podcast or to be interested in a product that somebody's made or to, you know, somebody is doing some kind of life coaching or something like that, to trust them with that when you have an idea of who that person is. And so I think it's really important to post consistently so people get an idea of who it is on the other side of that product or that piece of media or that book that you've written or whatever. And then the other thing that I think is super important is to interact sincerely. Like it's not just a one-way street. It's not just, you don't just sit and wait for people to come to you. Mm. You have to go out and you have to find people that you want to know more about and you want to know about their lives. And and you've got to be able to respond to them really sincerely and really genuinely and um, with no motive, you know, other than just really trying to understand those people. That may be my favorite thing about Instagram, besides the pretty pictures, is that I feel like I've learned a lot, especially over the last three or four years, is I've really kind of intentionally, I don't know, just tried to pay better attention to the things people are saying. And it's it's been with no motive, you know, just other than to want to want to understand people better. And so I think we have to interact sincerely when we're on social media or we're on our whether that's Twitter, Instagram or whatever. And and then I think you you kind of have to be patient as you do that, that you'll build an or an audience organically, you mm-hmm. know, not because of a bunch of strategy, which is great. I'm not a strategy person, but it's I, I envy people who are. So I, I think that when all those things are happening, I think you, you have the grace to speak your mind a little bit more because people have an idea of who you are and, and what you're about. And you're not just like this, you know, person who swoops in every couple of weeks and lectures everybody. And then, yes. <laughs> and then leaves. Yes. So um, what I have discovered is that there are very few people who are interested in anybody else telling them what they need to do or what they need to think. And so I just kind of have a mentality of wherever people say they are, I'm going to believe them. That doesn't mean I have that I'm going to agree with everybody. But if something matters to them, I believe it matters to them and I'm going to respect that it matters to them. And, and then, you know, it may be that over the course of our interactions online, if I post about a podcast episode, they may want to listen. They may not want to. That's okay. But I think that not demanding things of the people who mm-hmm. follow you is, is mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the right word for that is helpful, but I think in a, at a time when the world is just asking so much of us and we have so much information coming at us, it's a little bit of a relief, I think, to find people online who are just being themselves and are welcoming and warm and, you know, tell the truth about their lives. I don't know. I I don't know if I answered your question or not, but you did. Um, Basically, you know, I see a lot of us having our own agenda and we know we're going to post Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we want to get our message out all the time. And right. Which is great, by the way. I mean, like, listen, the, the business coach that Melanie and I work with would she would be so proud of us if we would plan, like if we <laughs> if we would have some idea of what we were going to do on Instagram. I think it's great to 
to do that. I think you have to balance that though with posting stuff that's not necessarily about your message. That's Mm -hmm. just about your life. Yes, yes, yes. And listen, like it's okay to invite conversation over at your place, (laughs) you know, like sometimes I like to just, you know, we're so busy trying to push our agenda, but we need to listen to, like you said, organically, you're building your people as you're inviting Mm -hmm. conversation. So like some, sometimes something I like to do is true or false. And then I just put something out there and see what people say. And I think if we did more listening, we would know our audiences better and we would develop a better rapport with them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like here's one thing I know beyond a shadow of a doubt about the people who listen to the podcast is they are not interested in, in Melanie or me getting into anything that would be controversial. That's not because they don't care about things that are controversial. It's not because I don't care or because Melanie doesn't care, but that, but like our podcast is just not the space for that. Mm-hmm. Our podcast is a place to talk about like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about cereal, you know, like our <laughs> podcast is just a place, a place to like, it, it, to just breathe a little bit. Right. So yeah. it, it's been good for me to realize, even though I listen, I have a lot of opinions. I have opinions about a lot of things, but everybody doesn't necessarily need my opinion. You know, they might, there are other places that they would go to for that. So I think too, it's good to know what your strengths and your weaknesses are. And I, I, Conflict makes me anxious. It makes me <laughs> makes me yes. uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't enjoy it. So, I, so, so here's what I'm not going to do on Instagram. I'm not going to court controversy. I'm not going to stir things up. But if somebody asks me a question, I'll give them an honest answer. So I don't know. It's just a balance. I think you have to find with your personality. And yeah. and for some people, the planning is really a comfort to them, like to know that they know what they're going to post. And I think that's great. You know, I think the the predictability of your presence on social media can can really be helpful if that is something that that works well for you. And so a lot of this, I feel like, is just kind of knowing your own personality, knowing knowing where you need to hold yourself accountable, knowing what makes you feel comfortable, whether that's planning or rolling with it a little bit. For some people, it might be going on Instagram Live. They kind of like for things to to um, flow freely and don't care if they don't have a plan. And for some people, it's going to be some artfully crafted reels that they have worked on for two weeks. You know, like it's, and all that's great. I just think it's, it's not as formulaic maybe as we would like for it to be. Mm-hmm. But I think as people do what makes the most sense for them and they interact or like naturally and genuinely, I think that's kind of its own reward. I like that. I like it. Embracing your own, what comes natural to you yeah. on the platform. I, yes. Yeah. You know, and also in your book, Stand All the Way Up, which mm-hmm. by the way, really quickly, just summarize for us why you wrote that book. What's it about? Well, originally I was going to write a book called Burn It All Down because I was on the backside of my 40s and I was aggravated with everything. And then I realized that was not necessarily going to be the most uplifting book if I just <laughs> talked about all the reasons why I was mad. So it ended up really being a book more than anything, I think, about, about transition and about change and about learning to lean into the change instead of fighting the change. And that all kind of mm-hmm. 
became clear to me when I thought back on, I don't know, I guess it was four years ago, I went to Kenya with my son and we were at a church on the side of really this, this, I don't know any better way to say it than a cliff that overlooked the Rift Valley. And when we got there, um, the women who participated in Compassion's ministry at that church, we were with Compassion on the trip. They came and they sang us in to the church grounds and then they sang us into the sec- the sanctuary. But they met us at the gate of the church and they were, you know, they a lot of women had ch- their children with them and it was really beautiful. You know, just one of those really mm-hmm. surreal things as they taught us the song they were singing as we, we went into the sanctuary. And when the, there was a woman named Ruth who stood up to greet us and when she did, she said, we hope you know, um, in Kenya, you are welcome at the gate. And it, mm-hmm. it, as I, the more I thought back on that, the more I thought about how I was, for better or for worse, just at a lot of different gates in my life, mm-hmm. in terms of my age, in terms of my relationship with my parents, in terms of parenting, um, in terms of some things that were concerning to me, just kind of big picture, just in all kinds of ways. And so the book is really about a bunch of different gates, figurative gates, and what the Lord taught me walking through them. And I feel like a lot of us in our 50s feel that. We we are in the caregiving stage or we're letting go parents, we're letting go children, we're entering empty nests, we're becoming GGs and and <laughs> a lot of a lot of us are we're afraid but we're excited about stepping into the second half of life. It's it is such a huge time of transitions and what where I've kind of landed, I think and I, I think turning 50 has a way of forcing your hand a little bit with this kind of stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, we're burning daylight. Mm-hmm. So I, there's a lot I want to do, right? There's a, mm-hmm. there's a, I feel like in some ways, and I know this sounds weird, but in some ways I feel like I'm just getting started. So I want to go like full, full blast as much as I can, you know, as much as is wise. In, in all the areas of my life, I just, I don't want to get 20, 25 years down the road and look back and think, well, I totally held back and I played it safe. Not that the Lord wouldn't be faithful and, and gracious if I played it safe, but yeah, I just was like, well, if not now, when, you know, if I, if I'm going to, if I want to write books, if I want to write more books, then I, I got to have a way to write more books. Mm-hmm. Right. And just leaning into whatever the Lord directs you to do and being okay with that, even if it makes us a little bit scared, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think for some people that's that's walking away from a job. For some people that's walking into a new job or going back to college because there is a degree that they've always, you know, wanted to to do or they've wanted to go to seminary and they've never done it. Sometimes it's it's the beginning of a new thing. Sometimes it's the continuation of something you've been doing. Sometimes it's, you know what, I have, I have been hitting the ground running every day for the last 30 years and I want to sit down and I want to enjoy these grandbabies and I want to be available to my adult children. Like it's, it's different for, for everybody, but I do think there's something about, about turning 50 Mm -hmm. that makes you go, okay, so practically how much time is there and how do I, how do I make the most of this time in a way that I feel like honors how the Lord is leading me. Yes, it's sobering. I know 
about six years ago, I my husband had a surprise 50th party for me. And my nephew came up to me and his parting words were, just remember, you're halfway to a hundred. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I'm like, uh, okay, thanks for that wake up call. Sure. Now I got to get busy here and do whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing the second half of life. Well, and I think what's so weird to me about this stage of life, the part that I, I didn't know, is, you know, you just feel like you always have. I think mm-hmm. most of us feel like, like, I still feel like I felt when I was 27. I don't feel, I don't feel 51. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel, I had to think for a second because I wasn't real sure how old I was, but I'm 51. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel 51. So it's easy. I think, you know, when you, when you still feel so young, it's, it's easy to, to fall into a lull with your life because it yeah. just feels like you've got unlimited time in front of you. So, yeah. Be open, be intentional, and yet be listening. Yeah, always. Well, Sophie, who's been your biggest role model in your career? Oh, gosh. There have been so many people. And I'm one of those, I don't know why. I'm fascinated by leadership. I'm fascinated by how different kinds of leadership are so effective with different people. You know, like it's not, there's, there's no template that works for for everybody but all the leaders I have really loved have one thing in common and it's that they really love people Mm -hmm. so I would say I can kind of look at different places in my life and um I don't know you know as far as writing I don't know that anybody has meant more to me than Beth Moore with that side of my life just in terms of how she has navigated the writing part of her life Mm-hmm. But more than that, how what you see on in any place that you interact with her, whether that's online, whether that's at an event, whether that's sitting on her porch, wherever you are, she's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But her honor and esteem for people, her deep, deep love for people is something that has impacted me a ton as a writer and a speaker. And I think right beside her in terms of that amazing leader example is Travis Cottrell, who's her worship mm-hmm. leader and uh-huh. a great friend of Melanie. For, okay, Travis and his wife, Angela, have been great friends to Melanie and me. But just in terms of, again, deep affection for people, my principal at school the last six years is a man named Sean Brower. And and I would follow him off a cliff in terms <laughs> of... <laughs> Um, he also is a writer, but he, um, just his example in terms of how, you know, he, he has such deep affection for people. And then like my sister has been such an example to me. She's been in the same kind of career for over 30 years and her, her long walk in that career again, undergirded by this really deep affection for the people that she works with has been really instructive to me. But ultimately, I don't know that anybody has been more of an example to me than my mama was. Not in any specific career function necessarily, not as a teacher necessarily, or somebody who works with teenage girls or as a writer, but as somebody who always put people first, always. and. Because of that, you know, when I think about her legacy, I think that's what it was. She loved people so sincerely and without agenda. And 
I, I can't think of anything I could do in my life where that would not be the most important thing to love people sincerely and without agenda. It's that Romans 12, 10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing mm-hmm. honor. I can't think of any better verse to guide us as we work and lead in every aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. I love how you wrap that up because <laughs> we can take that right back to Instagram and love people without an agenda. Yeah, right. we might have a product. We might have a podcast. We might have a blog. We might have a book. But the important thing above all else is to love others. Well, Sophie, tell people where they can find you. Well, here's the thing. I missed the day of social media school where they told you that everything had to match in terms of all your handles. And this is part of like, so being on Twitter for a long time. I'm at Twitter on, as, as Boo Mama. And then on Instagram as Boo Mama 205, which because Boo Mama was taken when I signed up for Instagram. And then my blog where we post all the podcast stuff is boomama.net. Okay. So basically, if you get Boo Mama, you've got most of it right then. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> just easier, maybe just easier to Google Boo Mama and just see, just see where the internet takes you. That might be yeah. the <laughs> well, I did that and you came up first. So I think we're I think we're good with that. <laughs> okay. I'm glad. Well, y'all go get stand all the way up because you're not gonna regret it, especially if you're in, in your fifties like us. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so everything. much, Sophie.